Looks like it's going to be a nice day. It's Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. It's episode 375, and you have locked into We Live on a Planet. I am your host, Patrick. Thank you for joining me. Chilly here in the city of Oswego. It's 37 degrees Fahrenheit. Feels like 32. Highs are going to be about 44 degrees Fahrenheit today. Winds are out of the north, northeast, 7 miles per hour. I'm glad you're joining me, and it is April Fool's, so let's April Fool's joke. Let's think of one. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Yeah, great food, no atmosphere. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, we got a good show. This is different. This is Wednesdays. Wednesday is something new that I'm going to be doing. These are going to be interviews slash conversation, and today's one to start off for April 1st is going to be with Josh McClay from O'Malley's Media, LLC. And so, picture, if you will. Do we have any any uh, picture, if you will? and Anything for that that's going to make me feel like nothing? Picture, if you will. Oh, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> picture, if you will. A live show, because that's what this was. Josh and I did like a dual interview. He does YouTube and um, Facebook live streaming. And so when we recorded this, I was a guest on his podcast. And I thought to myself, well, let's try to do this something different. Well, I'm a guest on your podcast. I'll record via Anchor. And we'll have it up together. So keep in mind when you get ready to listen to this that uh, I don't edit. But what I did was I, this was my first time to use the editing tool through Anchor. And um, I edited just, I took off the very beginning because him and I were just shooting the breeze before we started the recording. And so what since it is live over on his end when we're doing it, he will say the stream will be up live in five four, three, two, one. And then there's about eight seconds of dead space. So just remember that when you listen, this eight seconds of dead space before our interview starts is because he is playing his intro music over on his end live and we can't hear it. So don't fret if you hear that eight seconds, it's normal. Well, it it shouldn't be normal. I just didn't know how to edit it to get that I couldn't couldn't do that eight seconds so the other day Monday's show on the this day of history it was we were talking about how Ronald Reagan had been shot and it was 1981 and John Hinckley Jr. was obsessed with a certain actress and I couldn't remember her name but luckily one of my listeners out in Colorado Todd thank you Todd for listening you and your family got a hold of me and said to me, you know who it was? It was Jodie Foster. And I'm like, oh, thank you, because that was driving me crazy. So I thought we would do a quote from Jodie Foster. Might as well, before we launched the um, interview episode. And it's about 56 minutes of him and I just kind of shooting the breeze. We talk, you know, Anchor 2.0 talk. From the early days of Anchor, YouTube, a little bit of YouTube talk, some addiction and recovery and the change it's brought our life. 
you'll hear uh, in mental health also, we talk about mental health and breaking the stigma. You will hear a dog barking because um, as we're doing the interview, the interview is going great. And then on his end, since I said we were live and he was live streaming, his dog ended up barking some. So it just means his dog decided he wanted to be a part of the show too. It works out perfect though, because in the interview, I say how I had listened to Mark Marin and he's a podcaster and things happen when you're recording live. And so it's just part of the recording. It makes it magical, I think. And uh, I don't know, we talk all kinds of stuff on it. So back or so to our quote from Jodie Foster, normal is not something to aspire to. It's something to get away from. And I'm not normal, that's for sure. So try not to be normal. All right, stick around, grab yourself a beverage of choice, and uh, just enjoy this conversation I had with Josh. Oh, one other side note. It was live. He's in a different state. And I don't want you to think I'm being rude to him. But there's times it sounds like I'm over-talking him because there's a delay. And it's very, very slight. It doesn't make the interview not listenable. There's just times where there's su there's a, such a tiny, tiny, tiny delay that there's times that I almost seem like I'm interrupting him. But I, I, I get excited, too. So if you know me in real life, maybe you'll be like, Patrick, that's the way you really are, though. <laughs> so, But there there is a little bit of a delay. And so, once again, thanks, Todd. I appreciate you uh, calling in. Stick around. We're going to launch this new new interview. I'm so excited. Are you? Here we go. Stream is up in five, four, three, two, one. And welcome to O'Malley Live on this, the 24th day of March, 2020. I want to thank everybody for joining, whether you're watching live or in post. The number to contact the show is 234-650-4920, or you can email us at O'Malley'sAdventure at yahoo.com. This episode of O'Malley Live is brought to you in part by the Tremont Coffee Company for all of your hot and cold brewing needs. Check out the Tremont Coffee Company at 215 North Erie, Maslin, Ohio. Tigertown, USA. Today on the show via Anchor, I have the voice of We Live on a Planet, Patrick Gorton. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, this this didn't quite come off the way that we wanted to, um, but it's gonna. It, I think it's. I think it's going to work this way. We're, yeah, it was a good, it would be a good, it was a good learning experience for both of us on our end, I think. Yeah, yeah, the, the Skype thing needs some tweaking. I can see why people switch to, uh, what's the other one, Zoom. I think Zoom's the other sort of face-to-face -face type um, software. But anyway. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard quite a bit about Zoom and Zoom meetings. Right. We'll have to maybe work that one out because... And the reason that I say that is I'm going to actually use that into my little segue as far as uh, 
the first time I heard you on Anchor FM and what I thought Anchor was at the time. When I first come across Anchor, I was like, wow, this is really neat. It's a place for everybody can have a podcast. It didn't All you had to do really was have a phone. And at that time, you were just coming off doing your uh, Walmart interviews. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I, I was listening to you, Nick Diaz, and Maria Humphrey. Right? Yes. And I thought to myself, I get it now. Because these people obviously work in radio, and they're making transition to something that's digital. Because right. especially you and Nick, I, I let a couple people listen to your podcast. I was like, man, check these people out. And then I found out you never worked a day of radio in your life. Never. <laughs> and, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So, no, that that's the that's the story. I, I don't know if I was so much let down or I thought, no, man, this cat's got to be lying. He, he, he works in radio and you don't want to get caught. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's funny, though, because I had a lot of feelings about Anchor when I first stumbled upon it. And I stumbled upon it just by chance myself. I was going through the app store and I saw an app that it said Radio Reinvented, Anchor.fm, and Radio for the People by the People, and make a podcast, but I was intrigued by the radio part because I grew up in the seventies. I was born in the seventies, grew up in the eighties and DJs were really hip and cool and shows like WKRP in Cincinnati. And so you like, you wanted to be a DJ and you wanted to call in and be featured on that DJ show and you appreciated DJs. And so I was intrigued by that and they were really different, which, you know, when anchor first came out, you could only do five minute segments and, then it would just dissolve. And and uh, so I don't know. I just kind of went in thinking I was doing a radio show. And I pushed it that way for a while, even though my first podcast was about self-driving cars. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a train wreck. Our first podcasts are always, we look back at them and go, uh, it's almost like if you're an artist and your first painting or your first sculptor, sculpture, you're, you're, you know, you're your worst enemy. Anyways, I think we all are. You definitely our own worst critic. My first three videos that I uploaded uh, in September of 2016 to YouTube, I made the mistake of watching them. They were up for maybe a week and I pulled all three of them down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, it, 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 it it's a humbling experience. One, I'm terrified of being on camera, and two, I'm not the greatest public speaker. And yeah, you seem to be doing fine. When I found O'Malley's Adventure, um, or yeah, O'Malley's Media, time you're still. I think, do you still go under O'Malley's Adventure or O'Malley's Media? Well, that's that's what I'm trying to do. I I had O'Malley's Adventure, and I was just going to do like backpacking and gear reviews and stuff like that. Right. And and. What ended up happening was, I, I believe it was in mid-2018, I said, I'm going to go live once a day, every day for a year. Ooh. Well, when I started doing the whole O'Malley Live every evening, um, I realized maybe for the first four or five days, it was easy because yeah. there's, there's a lot to talk about. Well, yeah. Then I incorporated um, 
one article from this day in history. I actually borrowed that from your podcast. Oh, uh, nice. Good. Yeah. So I what I what I tried to do is I tried to have like a main talking point this day in history. And sometimes I would throw in a meme of the day if I saw something that was really funny. And uh, I tried to keep it to, at 10 or 12 minutes or less. And after I'd done that, we were running towards the election cycle. So I started ha having people on my show that were, we were discussing local issues, but I kept doing it under the O'Malley's Adventure um, YouTube channel. So, right. what I, so what happened was when things started to get political and I'm working my day, my actual day job is I work for the city, the same people that I'm interviewing. Um, I realized we better make some changes. And that's when I started O'Malley's media and I filed for, for an LLC and I got insured and. Oh, good, good. Good for you. So right now I'm, what I'm trying to do is make the transition to where like these interviews are going to be on the O'Malley's media YouTube channel and Facebook page. And then, okay. then all the fun stuff like the hiking at Hocking Hills and the coffee reviews that I'm working on now, those are all going to be on O'Malley's uh, adventure. And I'm going to try to separate them because right now, if you try to navigate either of those YouTube channels, it's like navigating a yard sale. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got the courage to put a YouTube channel up myself. And um, it's, like if you type in we live on a planet it's it doesn't pop right up as a, right. you know a channel so it's buried in there and uh it's it's a train wreck but i gotta start somewhere sure well that and over the course of time um what i noticed is nobody found my channel un until i hit like 100 subscribers and then once i hit 100 subs then it be kind of came 50 50 my my channel's if you're not subscribed and you look up O'Malley's Adventure or, or O'Malley's Media, um, I'm still on page like three to five on the search. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I, it, I, I think it's good. Um, I think with the way that social media is set up now, um, especially with Anchor, if you do something that is like what you do, that is perfect because they they do all the circulating for you yeah yeah so anchor's been good to me you know anchor's really been good because they they had me featured on their homepage when you first open up their app in the listen and learn section that they had i was featured and i was featured i was rubbing elbows with some with some names and so it, they've been really good to me and uh they helped me get a name throughout myself because we live on a planet it's just been totally organic except for the recent my bag initiative but other than that it's been an organic right you know and i was gonna say I'm, that's one of the the things that sort of puts yours different the other people that i see or listen to um they don't quite have that type of reach like um most people that it's very their content is very topic oriented and that's right it. but but yours has a little bit of merchandise um a little bit later we can talk about uh, carpe sure if you want yeah i would love uh, to you yours yours sort of took off 
in a lot of different ways than most podcasts go. Yeah. Which, which sort of has my attention. That's, that's an interesting, because usually you have to go looking for um, sponsors. Right. And sometimes they come to you and different types of ways right right and you know you and i are doing something a little different in this game of podcasting anyways that we're one-man shows and that's really kind of a rarity in the podcasting game if most podcasts that you know or that are popular it's not usually a one-man show or they're very interview based driven but it's usually two people so to be to be running your own show and doing it yourself is is tricky, but it's also rewarding because you're in control of every aspect of the show. Absolutely. It, it, it's almost like old school talk radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fan very, of very, that. Very yeah, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, well, well, that's one of the reasons that I, I started listening to things on, uh, on Anchor is I'm a huge talk radio fan. Yeah. Well, too. talk radio sort of maybe it's because I'm getting older, but a lot of the names started to retire and people that I listened to just kind of, kind of went away. Yeah. For lack of better words. But, uh, so let's talk about your, your, your journey through, through anchor and a a couple of the topics that you discuss. Sure. um, On a, a somewhat regular basis. Um, let's, let's talk about, uh, a, a little bit about uh, mental health, yeah, and 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 how that sort of plays a part in, in what you're doing in your in your reach and your message. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that um, I just recently, later on in my life, started becoming more comfortable to talk about. I I held it really tight to my chest. Was embarrassed about it. The stigma behind mental health illness is there still, unless you're a star or somebody famous, it's the stigma still there. So what, and so I, I recently decided, well, I decided um, maybe, um, I don't know how many episodes into my show that I decided to talk about that. And once I did, I felt really freed, freed about talking about it because it does take away that stigma of it or, you know, it lets people say, Hey, I'm not the only one because when I was about 25 years old, I was diagnosed as having bipolar. And at the time I didn't know what it was. Um, the doctor had to explain to me, he goes, well, you've, you heard a manic depressive. I'm like, Oh yeah, I've heard of that. And he goes, well, we're calling it bipolar now. And I'm like, okay. And so I felt at least relieved because now I knew I wasn't quote unquote crazy. There was something, some chemical imbalance going on with me. And so it could be treated. And then the long journey began and the years of struggling and then abuse of substances and all that stuff. But what Anchor has given me now is that ability of that talk therapy that I really get. And being able to communicate on this world scale that I have is a really good thing because when I'm talking on We Live on a Planet, I'm talking to one person, even though my audience is large, it's one person. I'm trying to reach always would we live on a planet. And so it's brought to me a lot of solace in the sense of I can talk about it, not have that shame like I used to. Right. Um, Here we go, boy. What's a treat? (laughs) Oh, my. My 
you know, the one dog's name is, is Penny. Yeah. And we say that the, the reason that her name is Penny is because she don't have enough sense to be called quarter nickel or dime. <laughs> you know, I was listening. <laughs> she, I was listening to an interview today on NPR, and it was with uh, Mark Marin, who has WTF is the name of his podcast. It's world famous. And he does his podcasting from home. Most podcasters that have a name do, unless they're like Joe Rogan. And he talked about what's happening right now, how the dog is barking in the background and all that stuff. That is a part of life, though. That's part of what's going to happen sometimes, I think, more in the future of people working from home with this pandemic that's here. Because you're going to find people, famous radio people, are going to be staying home. Like, take, for example, Sirius Radio XM, Sirius XM. Those DJs are working from home. They're, they're not right. in some studio someplace. And so to have to work from home in a podcast setting gives you that freedom because you're in that familiar setting of what is yours and what you know. And there's going to be sometimes a sound of a cat in the background or the dog saying, hey, dad, notice me. And that's just what makes <laughs> everything perfect. And that's what I love about my podcast, not to boast about, it, but I do it on the fly in the sense of it's one and done. And if the a dog is barking in the background, that's great. That's not going to get edited out because I don't edit my life and I shouldn't try to do it when I'm doing something that is for enjoyment as well, because this is supposed to be for enjoyment. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to borrow that quote. Yeah. I don't edit my life. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, we don't, we would love to, we do, we do in a social media sense in that little, tie it up in a little bow and look at how everything perfect is on social media but that's not true and when you see that that should raise some red herrings to to people and it does with me when i see you know those perfect little lifestyles it's like you know it's not perfect and we're humans and we have faults and we make mistakes and we fall down and you know even the best of us it's just do you get back up right um, so you touched a little bit on uh, substance abuse with with the uh, with being bipolar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did 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 one lead to the other? Um, as far as I, you know, I started I started. Um, that was my joke. <laughs> 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 um i was trying to be funny um no i started <laughs> i started i started using um at a really young age my audience knows they, that that listen but you, your audience doesn't and so yeah i started at about 13 or 14 i i can remember starting to smoke cigarettes and and i had older cousins and and stuff and some older brothers and was getting into my parents liquor cabinet at a, at a fairly young age so I think that even then I was obviously I was undiagnosed until I was older. So I just would self-medicate. And then when college hit, when I was in college, I really started putting the hammer down on self-medicating and, you know, experimenting with acid and, you know, you name it. I tried it. Um, I was one of those guys that, yeah, give it to me, give it to me more. And if they're like, Oh, this stuff's really strong. I'm like, perfect. You know? And so I've always right. been a risk taker always wanted to kind of live on the edge and so those went hand in hand and then my um 
substance of choice was alcohol. I, I had tried everything, but it became just alcohol and it was beer. And it was, I was that Irish guy. And I thought that was my job right. was to be the drunk in the family, that happy <laughs> Irish drunk. And I filled that role and thought that was the role that was supposed to be for me until a little over four years ago, I decided to check myself into rehab and said enough was enough. So, yeah. Um, my, my story is similar, but it had a different, um, a different way that it, it, it sort of manifested itself as far as that went. Um, when, when I was in my early twenties, um, college, college hoops was my thing, you know, March madness, yeah. betting on, on, on basketball. And I didn't get it at the time. I, I, I was one of those people that had problems with things and never seen it as a problem until something really bad happened. Right. You know, and it was like, it was like, Oh man, that, that didn't work out so well. Um, and, uh, so, but, but mine ended with, um, with alcohol and I've, I've had five years, 10 months and 14 days worth of, of sobriety. Wow. Um, but, but m with mine, my addiction, <laughs> my, my addiction, <laughs> uh, it, it, it it would manifest itself very quickly yeah. like with, with gambling gambling was maybe three or four years tops. Wow. um drink drinking was was three years and and believe me when i say this uh the the road of excess leading to the path of wisdom is not a shortcut it is not yeah <laughs> and uh that that that's the one that uh, uh one it almost took me out and uh, every every day that I look at the green side of the the grass is is a pure bl blessing with without yeah, a yeah I can relate um, to that feeling of sobriety sobriety is it's a gift it's it's something that you have to work in I like that which you've heard since you're you're sober longer than I have so you've heard all the old timers talk and I appreciate you sharing that too as well but I want to say you've heard this uh, analogy probably sobriety's never owned it's rented and rent is due every day oh yes oh. and that's true it really <laughs> and, is because you know here i am my four and a half or a little over four years and you've got your five years but you and i know that it's we have that in us so if we we pick up and drink we're 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 that we're still an alcoholic just because we don't drink doesn't mean we're not an alcoholic and it's just like right. being a smoker I, you know that's something i battled with and i thought that you know, smoking, giving up smoking is harder than anything I've ever done. And I know if I decide to pick up and just take one drag of somebody's cigarette, then I've made that conscious choice to become a smoker again, because that's all it's right. going to take. And I know that with drinking as well. So I haven't even fallen off at all, knock on wood. I've been, I haven't had to touch my lips because I know myself, like you said, that addictive personality that we both seem to have. I would go, I would go yes. in harder, my friend. I would go in harder. Right. Well, well they say that, uh, just, just because you, uh, you, you go into rehab and, and you become sober, they say that, let's say that you have two years or so of, of sobriety that, um, if you would fall off the wagon, you will pick up where you left off. There's, there's no, uh, your brain won't see any, any difference. Exactly. And that's usually what, and that's what makes, uh, 
fallen off the wagon, uh, devastating for most people because you can't, you, you have zero tolerance after a couple of years. And if you go back to drinking like you did before you went in the tank, yeah, you're going to have some big problems. Yeah. Well, I was shaken. So, I got to the point where I had to drink in the morning to, because I was so shaky and I was high. I started hiding it from my wife. Um, and nobody told me to stop drinking. I, I decided to go to rehab myself. I had that epiphany. So it wasn't a judge. It wasn't somebody, but I was, I started hiding it and I never hit it. I never had shame. I always, Oh, great. Today's the day to barbecue because barbecuing means I can drink more, you know? And so, but what happened in the morning times is my wife would work nights and she would be sleeping still. And I would get up, I would go out to the back porch, crack a beer, open it and leave it out there. And at the time I was still smoking. So by when I would hear her rising up, I would like, Oh, time to get a cup of coffee. So I'd get a cup of coffee for one where she come down, she'd have her coffee. I'd go outside to have my cigarette, which I was having still smoking. And I had my beer right to the side. And so I'd have my coffee where she could see my coffee, but I would be glancing over where she couldn't see me and chugging my beer as quick as I could. So I wouldn't shake anymore. And I'm like, wow, this is something's really this. I was always able to handle this. And now there's something really spiraling out of control. And so, yeah, that was, it was enough for me. I just, I I was like, I'm, and then I was frightened because they said that might not go away. Right. That might not go away. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, with mine, uh, I, I don't think I ever got to a point where I hit it. I, it, I was at a point in life where I was just, I was just going to do it and damn the consequences. I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, wasn't very bashful about it. Right. But with mine, I come home to, I come home to an empty house Ooh. and that's when I was like, uh Oh, some, yeah. some, something's, <laughs> something's got to change. Yeah. And, that'll uh, wake you up real quick. My friend. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to laugh about it now. Um, but I can, I can tell you at the time it, there, it was, it was not a good place to be. No, but, uh, some, sometimes that has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that everybody needs a rock bottom or something to wake you up. Mm-hmm. Because, well, you know, and, unfortunately some people their rock bottom is they die yeah you know yeah yeah and and then and that that was one thing that that i to me was odd um when i was in when i was in rehab there were people there that um they they did not want to live anymore right and that's one thing i don't if if i thought it i don't remember it um, because to me, that's like quitting. And one of my double-edged sword personality traits is I'm incredibly competitive. Right. And I don't lose. That's, that's in, in my head. If, if I'm going like through life, um, I don't think I've ever had a day where I was depressed. Oof. I don't know what, I don't know what that Oof, is. You're lucky, my friend, because I'll tell you, that's been a bane of my existence. That's put me on a psych ward more than once. And that's, that's something that is a really hard thing to, to even say right now. I mean, I, I haven't talked to many people about that, but 
my audience knows, but yours once again doesn't. But being on a psych ward is a very, very humbling experience. It's very one flew over the cuckoo's nest ish. Um, yeah. It's you get treated nowadays. It's very you feel like you're a criminal. It's been years since I've stepped foot in one, but the last time I felt uh, very like I had done something wrong. I didn't feel like a patient. I felt like a um, inmate. And it's, it's, it's hard, but uh, I've been depressed more than once. And that's the part about uh, bipolar depression. It, it can come on real strong. And once you have it, that thought of suicidal thoughts or not wanting to live are strong. And I've been there. And those are some dark, dark days. And it's a scary, scary, terrible place to be. And some people just can't relate to that. They are just like, no, I'm a win- I, I don't give up. I don't this. I don't that. And they can't understand. And it is a scary dark place and uh it's it's a place i hope i never have to go again because it's bad it's bad right well and and that's that's what um through you know talking with with your groups and whatnot um it it almost acted as a scare me straight type of thing because i'm in my head i'm like okay everybody in here is saying the same thing. I'm not there yet. Right. So, um, it, it just, I'm, I'm kind of glad in a way that I got to hear those people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. And you know, everybody's bottom is different too, you know, because you, people will try to compare and they'll be like, well, that wasn't me or that didn't happen to me or I don't feel that way. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. You know, trying to compare those type of stories is hard but when you can sit in a group like you did and get something out of it that's when all of a sudden it's important that's when all of a sudden it's like yeah because i've been on for example been on a i think my first time on a psych ward i all of a sudden i'm like what am i doing here i'm not like these people i there is nothing wrong with me because i saw some guy take a biscuit off his tray throw it on the ground and start yelling at it and talking to it. And it scared me. And it was like, I am not there. And my nurse and doctor had to explain. They're like, you might not be like that guy, but you still need to be here right now because you're sick and there's some issues that we need to take care of. And you're in a deep depression and we can treat it with meds. And so it's hard to be in places like that to compare, but sometimes those are what you need to, to be that aha or an opening you know yeah so the 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 last topic i wanted to to actually discuss was something that happened here recently uh with you had a car i did march 17th of last year and it was horrific it was a terrible terrible car accident i was um with my father i had just come back from visiting my older brother And my father's older, he's in his late 70s. And we were a rock throw from his house, a house I grew up in. And uh, we were heading northbound. There was a car in the southbound lane that had stopped getting ready to turn into their driveway. A car behind them stopped and then a truck coming. And he didn't stop. And instead of taking his truck into the ditch, he took it into me. And I was going about 50, 55, and he was going the same. So I I saw it right at the split last second and I was able to yank the wheel so it wasn't 100% 
head on, but it was pretty darn close. It took about an hour to cut me out of the car. So I was trapped. Oh, I was yeah. trapped. And that was a terrifying feeling to be trapped. And then to be put into a hospital for almost a month, I was really afraid that my depression would come on. And so I was able to treat uh, myself there with medication so that didn't stop. And then I also saw a doctor while I was in there, a therapist, because it was a very traumatic thing. I, I almost died, you know, and then to where I was worried about my dad, he ended up being um, able to get out of the car, but he, he almost lost his eye. He had a cut over his eye that could have taken his eye out and then come to find out he had a um, compression fracture in his back with me, with me, I broke, oh my goodness. I had never broken a bone in my body. It was my, I had just turned 49 I just turned 50 a couple of days ago, March 16th, but I had just turned 49 and I had never broken a bone in my body. And I broke my leg, my ribs, my hand, my clavicle, my sternum. I punctured a lung. Um, yeah, I had to have a chest tube. It was bad. It was just, it was a bad situation. But I'm, I'm wow. surprised I've made such a wonderful recovery from being in a wheelchair to you know, sleeping in a hospital bed down in my house to now being able to walk and, you know, being in a wheelchair too really opens up your eyes of, of things you take for granted. And um, mm-hmm. it's really made me look at my life a little bit, a lot different. It's I'm 50 now. I almost, you know, I had that and now I'm really trying to not hate myself for the things I've done before, but love myself for the things I I have done and who I am because I've been really down on myself for too many years and have a really low self-esteem. And people don't believe that they like, no, you seem like this and you're this. And it's like years and years of experience of masking this, this, you know, and it's years and years of just fitting in, but it's always been a struggle. And so now I've been just, peeling back these layers of the onion more and more. And the more I do it, the more free I feel. Yeah. So, um, total, how, how long were, were you out of commission after the oh, accident? Months. Yeah. Months and months, months, months of rehab, um, months of months of rehab, uh, almost a month in the hospital. Uh, I still like just the other day I had to put a, um, one of those uh, lidocaine patches on my knee where I broke my leg. Cause it's still kind of when the weather, we had snow here in Oswego the other day. And so I'm still, I'm, you know, my collarbone where it's broke, they didn't do surgery on it. So I got a big, you know, you can see the big, the lump of the bone, the right. bone where it's broke. And so, but I'm getting there. You know, I, I would feel that I, I'm, I would say I'm probably 99% compared to where I was, I'll never be a hundred percent from this accident ever, you know, ever, because I'll always feel the effects from it. Right. How much hardware did you get as far as pins and none, screws? And... None, believe it or not, but I do have pins and screws in me. In 2012, I had back surgery. I blew out my lower back when I was younger and I had years of just back problems. And in 2012, I ruptured a couple of discs and they popped. And so I had to have major major back surgery and that was almost uh 10 days in the hospital after that surgery but i have six screws and two rods and so right after the surgery or after the accident i was terrified that all of a sudden this surgery that has been a godsend and i needed it and um 
it when they scanned my body after my car accident they said that all my hardware was in place and nothing had moved and so i was very very fortunate but yeah no surgeries after this accident and no pins or rods or anything so i even though i busted myself all up good um i got lucky in the sense of no surgeries i did have to have surgery on my hand to remove glass and that was like um, oh, wow. um, two months after the surgery, glass had come to the surface that was impacted so deep into my hand and it came out to the top of my hand. And it was a big chunk of glass that had been in there since the accident. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. So so the, the doctor that did your back surgery done a fantastic Yeah, job. you know, and I have heard horror stories from people that have had back surgery. They're like, you know don't do it whatever you do but i was in a place where i had no other no other choice i went and saw a specialist and he said i can't help you and i was in tears i was like what do you mean you can't help me and he goes no what you need is uh extensive i only do a certain type of surgery what you need and my surgery for my back was about four hours yeah and and then i had to wear a bone stimulator for a year uh for three hours a day and what it does is it works on the cellular level, tricking your body to thinking that you have a fresh break and it releases the whatever to be fixing your, your back. So they took my old, they took wow. my old disc that was busted, made like a paste out of it and packed that all in and then mesh. There's mesh. It's pretty amazing what they can do nowadays. Really amazing. Because huh. that's one of the reasons I haven't had mine fixed yet i've sort of a similar story i, I broke my l2 Ooh. when i was in high school Ouch. and nobody has given i've had back pain ever yeah. since and n- none of the the doctors I was like, so what, what kind of percentage are you going to give me as far as as uh you know recovery and what will i be like afterwards and they're like no you know you're probably looking at 60 percent and you know, and that's one doctor and another doctor has gone as high as 85. And I'm thinking, you know what? I've dealt with it this long. Um, when that, when those numbers get a little bit higher, yeah, <laughs> I'll be a little more confident because uh, I, I don't want to, there, there's too many things I got left as far as, you know, my to-do list yeah. and uh, having, having a back is, is, a big piece of that i have to have that (laughs) i got lucky too because being that i have an addictive personality i'm very fortunate though that i didn't get hooked on any pain meds or anything because my back was so bad at a nerve level it was nerve pain because my sciatica was so badly pinched that no pain pills helped anyways and so and i and i hated taking pain meds because they make my nose itch and all that stuff so I've, I've tried, right, I've tried right. a lot of, like I said, a lot of drugs in my life. And, and I'm glad that those were never one of my things because I was fearful in the back of my mind going, I hope that I don't get hooked on anything. And I remember not too long after my back surgery, taking the narcotics I had and getting rid of them. I didn't need them anymore. I just didn't even need them. So I was like, there's no sense I even having them. And so I got very lucky with that. And I didn't mean I stopped drinking. I drank more and more and more, but at least I didn't get hooked on, on narcs or anything. Right. Right. No, that, that was a, one of the, the most, um, the, probably the scariest story 
that I think I heard in rehab was a guy had 22 years sobriety and he broke his hip. And sure enough, he got hooked on And those are bad. And, and yeah. And that, and that's how he ended up in there. And I was like, to, to have that much time, you know, and to get sort of sideswiped like that, that, that it just it didn't seem right. But it, it can happen. I know. It can happen. So, it, it can happen and blindside you quickly. And there's a couple of people I went to rehab with that are no longer with us. The, the, it, the addiction took them. And, you know, I lived yeah. with when I was in Southern California at rehab and it was a house of like 12 or 13 of us, depending on who was going home that day or not. And, uh, these guys, these guys were all younger. I was the old dude in the house and, um, some of them are just not here and it breaks my heart. Yeah. It, it, well, it doesn't discriminate. No, nope. just like coronavirus. It, it, it does not discriminate. Like the virus. Right. We are talking how much that's going right. to change things and i really think that's going to change a lot in our society of a lot of societal shifts right you know because well like you said um before we got started we were talking about uh people yeah. shaking hands but you, you could quickly see that become a thing of i past. really think it could because there are cultures right now where they do not shake hands you know they just don't and that's in their culture and so right now you might have some listeners that are going are are are, are you guys I thought you said you're not using anymore. That sounds psychotic. That sounds like you're using something. <laughs> we're not using, but uh, right. the theory of what we were talking about before your listeners and my listeners came on was, I think that maybe we'll have a societal shift where maybe babies that are born right now will never shake a hand because they'll just be that. And they'll hear right. stories about their grandparents or their parents maybe shaking hands and they'll say, ew. So when you came up a to a stranger that you have never met, that's how you greeted them. You'd reach out and touch their hand. How do you know where they've been? Well, you didn't. That's just culture. That's how you said hello. Well, that doesn't sound very brilliant. And I think it will be like one of those times. <laughs> like, you know what? People can care. There's living things on us as we speak. You know, we have, that's part of a human. We have microbials and germs. And so I think that maybe that will be a shift where people just don't. And I also think working from home was jobs that do allow it. Bigger corporations or other jobs are going to see that they can still get things done with people working from home. And so now you're going to have people working from home more than not and being able to spend maybe more time with their family and their loved ones and not having as much greenhouse admissions because you're not on the roads as much. And so there'll be a little bit of change with, with bad things, good things can come, you know, and I'm that type of guy where I always try to look at a bad situation and see what could possibly good come out of it you know right well we got we got notified sunday that we were going to be off work for two weeks so this is my actual second day of being home and so with the youtube channels and editing video and whatnot i thought you know what this is a perfect opportunity you know to get caught up on some things yeah i do and, and I understand now why I'm not meant 100% for a desk job. I drink way <laughs> too much too. coffee. <laughs> and and, and uh, just um, sitting and looking at a screen, I, I have to get up and, and move around sometimes because um, 
I'm, I'm very claustrophobic mm -hmm. to begin with. And as much as I like my studio and, and the things I got, like little decorations and whatnot, um, I have to come out of this thing once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, I can, I can see not just from myself, working for I lost I lost you days. there just for a second but, say what you uh, just said we we got caught in the echo of the yeah say one more time oh okay well um the, what I've learned you know and seen not just myself working from home but uh other people I can see yeah. that being yeah. a huge trend I mean a, a lot of I mean even you, you take the medical field Right. Unless it's something where a doctor actually has to say x-ray a, a broken bone or whatnot. A lot of uh, doctor's appointments could be yeah. done. Oh, yeah. I, it's funny you say that. Cancer. I'm having I have a meeting no. with my therapist this Thursday and it's uh, telecall because um, they're saying don't come into the mental health facility. Will your therapist will call you on your phone. So I have my upcoming therapy therapy meeting ever uh on a phone with somebody so that will be different i don't know if we're doing skype or if it's just a phone call so yeah it's it's happening and this right. could be the 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 future maybe of always even after this pandemic dies down um it could be always where because if i can still be able to talk to him and get value i'd much rather do that than jump in my car and drive a city over from where i live to go see this guy and to jump back over to drive my car to drive back if i can do it right on my phone i might as well right yeah yeah we're Far our, more you know, efficient way of doing missions that we're putting out in this planet that i live on anyways that we both live on that we all live on what, what that and look at just just in time mm -hmm. how, how much time could be saved you know I, 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 when I was younger and my kids were young, right. I was very frugal with money. And now that I'm, I'm not going to use the word old, but right. I'm going to say now that I'm older, I'm far more, I'm far yes. more frugal with my time because I know, I know right. that I don't yeah. have as yeah. much it's of that. It's funny, left. the older we get, <laughs> the quicker time does go as well. It really does because, mm -hmm. you know, my father would say, oh, you know, enjoy it now because it's going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time dead, whatever. And now it's like it's already eight, March is almost over and it's and it's 2020. No, yeah. I just got I just got out of high school and it's right. like, uh, yeah, 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm coming okay. up on that. I'm I, I just turned forty seven, so so yeah I'm I'm it's it's weird because you know things that happened let's say yeah. in two thousand five mm -hmm. in your head you're thinking that was a few years ago no man that yeah was I, it it <laughs> is and that happens to me a lot but, uh, I uh, I don't know what fifty is supposed to feel like or be and uh, I don't know you almost are like waiting for something I guess of like now what's next. Yeah, but yeah, all all joking aside, looking at 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 what you've done with we live yeah. on a planet just in the past couple of years, um, it, as much as we see our age as far as time, I mean that that's a it brand is. new. It's a chapter I'm chapter. loving writing right now. I, mean, I really am. 
So when I see things like that, that's only two years old, R regardless of, yeah. of your actual age, that's only two years old. And, and I start looking at things yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, I, in that yeah, regard, you know? I get what you're saying. I like that concept of thinking. Cause, uh, well, I've, I've worked for the road crew here in the town that I live in for 24 Congratulations. years, I'll have 24 years in July, you know, and, and I was thinking to my, you know, right. event that's going to come to an end. I, I have friends that have stayed well past the time that they could have retired. That's not going to be me. <laughs> that is not going to be my first eligible day to retire. I'm gone. And that following day, I will move on to something else. That's, I, I don't, I don't see me hanging around. No, we, we, we had a guy that, that worked, uh, I believe he was in the, on the road crew for 51 years. And in my head, I'm like, why yeah, did he retire? Exactly. He could have retired twice. <laughs> so, but uh, no, man, a, a great conversation. That's that's all I have as far as uh, Ruby. We could that, maybe that next time talk about carpet. Um, I'll tell you that story. It, oh, yeah. You know what? Damn. I wanted to talk about that because that... That that that's that is a, that's going to be a whole new chapter right now that is being written in my life that I am so super excited about and it's going to open up a lot of things for me I think in the voice uh, communicational type things I'm really hoping for I'm wishing I'm putting it out in the universe that it does happen right well we've we've been up live wow. on this end for a little over fifty minutes do do we want to do we do we want to set up and I do can another tell you one real quick if, if you if you if you want to if your listeners want to hear and my sure. listeners have heard it before but yours haven't I had the opportunity I have hyperhidrosis which is just excessive sweating you know you sweat a lot and I've I've been this way my whole life and I've tried every product that you can get my wife saw this stuff called carpates like seize the day carpe like carpe dm c a r p e she got it she got it for me and I tried it and I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? This stuff works. I can't believe it. I can, my pits are not soaked. I, I can't believe this, you know? And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? I posted a picture of the product saying, I hope this works. Fingers crossed. We'll see how it goes on Instagram. And then Carpe started following me. And I was like, oh, huh, let's take a look. They've got like 80,000 followers, but they're only found about 500. And I was like intrigued by that. So I started thinking a lot about him. And then my brain went into we live on a planet mode. And I was like, hey, maybe I could get them come on and do an ad on my podcast because I really like the product. And then I thought about it all night, went to bed. And when I woke up, I was thinking about Carpe again. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to message them, but I'm not going to ask them to do a commercial. I'm just going to tell them how much I like their product and thank them for making something that finally works that I can wear whatever shirt I want. So I messaged them on Instagram, told them about it. And they messaged me right back and said, this is great. We love, we'd love to hear that. Would you be interested in coming and shooting a testimonial slash commercial in our studios here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina? And I was like, yes, I would. And they go, great. What's your schedule? And what's your airport of choice that you'd like to fly out? And we'll fly you out here. 
and shoot commercial. Yeah. And so I got, I flew out there to Chapel Hill, met with them, the two CEOs, and then the head of the PR shot the testimonial commercial. And then they took me out to lunch and we just kind of talked and I told them how I would love to be their voice of Carpe on radio. And they were really, they seemed really down for it. And they said, yeah. And then I asked them if they would like to be on my podcast and they, they said, absolutely. And they're down for that. And they started, they just fired up a podcast the other day on Anchor. And so I'm excited. They took my advice and now I'm going to uh, interview with them. But the commercial that they have coming out that I'm in is, I said to the kid after we got done shooting, and I say kids because these guys are CEOs of this company, but they're only 25 year old guys. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the reason why I wasn't nervous either, because they're not my peers. I have a 33 year old and a 25 year old. And so well, soon to be 25. So when I met these guys, I wasn't really nervous. I was more just in dad mode and said, hey, I'm your guy. You guys don't realize it, but I'm here, a carpe guy. Here I am. <laughs> you know, you've been waiting for me. Here I am. And it was awesome. And um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to have them on my podcast. But I said to him after we did the commercial, I said, wow, this was great. I, I, it's going to freak me out to see it on commercial uh, on TV because I've already seen your commercials on late at night and he laughed i said well you got to start somewhere they're late at night he goes yeah well you'll really freak out when you see it on the super bowl and i laughed and he goes oh no i'm serious our plans our plans are february 2021 (laughs) our plans are to have a spot for the super bowl i couldn't believe it yeah and they just they just um secured a little over six million dollars from investors and stuff so they've been around since 2015 they're they're really going to start making a name for themselves because the product works and they have other things besides underarm they have it for hands so if your hands sweat a lot you can get it for your hands and if your thighs or your um they have it for your face so yeah it's i'm really excited and uh something's going to come out of this i think and if it doesn't if something doesn't come out just this commercial nobody can take away this experience that I had. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They flew me there. They they, they flew you there. They told me um, on the way back, they're like, Hey, whatever, whatever expenses in the airport, if you eat, if you drink anything like that, just keep your receipt. We'll take care of everything. We'll take care of it all. But I, I didn't take them up on that because I don't drink for one anymore, which is awesome. And I didn't want to buy airport food because it's expensive. And just because I'm on their dime, I'm not that type of guy. You know, it's just not me. It's just not my, that's not how I roll. Right, you know? right. So right. They, had, they had already taken me out to lunch. I was, and they flew me out there. I was, I wasn't going to do that, but I thought it was a, a great experience. They're great, intelligent group of people and uh, a great company. They were fun. You know, I went into their office and it was a really nice office, but there's, you, you, as I'm walking in, I'm got to careful where I walk because I'm walking on Nerf darts because they got a Nerf Nerf war in their office. Yeah, so it's one of those cool hip companies, oh my. you know. <laughs> it was fantastic, right. my friend. I, I I wouldn't have changed a thing, and and you know how sometimes you do something, you're like, man, I should have done this or I should have done this. I. I wouldn't have changed anything. It was weird, though, to be in front of camera. We talked about that at the beginning of this interview. You said how it is to be live and 
how you're working on it. And I was nervous, but they said, you don't seem nervous at all. And I'm like, oh, good, because I'm used to being in front of a microphone, but to be in front of a camera, that's a whole nother animal. It was a blast. Right, right. But that, but that's, but that's cool. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big. There's a lot of people get into the the Super Bowl commercials and whatnot, and I'm, yeah, I'm not really big on that. I know. This that coming year, awesome. I'm, I'm gonna check I'm it out. So excited. <laughs> yeah, it would. Thank you. Yeah, so, thank you. This anyway, was a blast. We've been up an hour. We have been. Yeah. Yes. I, we're we're gonna have to do this again. Um. No. The. Uh, sometimes. Um. I, I had a, a friend of mine that was on, and uh, we were talking. I believe we were actually talking about the road department in Maslin, uh, where I work, and he, he emailed me a few documents and some ideas and whatnot. He goes, "Do you think this is enough for a show?" And I said, you don't understand. Once you hit that go live button and you're in, actually engaged in a conversation with somebody, yeah. it's like a black hole. It, it, it does, does not, not take long that's true. to get past an hour. It just don't. <laughs> so anyway, thank you. Uh, I, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, for sure, for sure, we will do this again. For those out there watching in the YouTube, Facebook, land to check out we live on a planet and i believe you are on all of them spotify yeah, itunes i'm everywhere Anchor. i'm excited i'm thankful um, for that and also check out yeah your, my website uh, my website doing the giveaway wlopcom yes. and i'm having a giveaway and i'm going to be doing a drawing very shortly right. all you have to do is subscribe and i don't blast people up with a bunch of stuff. All you would do is get an email when a new episode comes out of We Live on a Planet. But once you subscribe, it's a value of over fifty dollars of what I'm giving away, and I, I'm it's burning a hole in my pocket to give it away too. I want to so much. <laughs> giving giving away things feels good. <laughs> it feels good to give away things. Uh, yes, especially if, if it's for. Yeah. If, if the cause is right, you know what I mean? I, I think, I think it's, it's a yeah. good, it's a good mindset to be in yeah. as far as what we're doing. So anyway, that my friends is a wrap. Um, tomorrow evening, there will be a show because the bike club that I'm with canceled all the club rides. So we will, we will be live tomorrow at eight o'clock. PM and I have no idea. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole you will about. go. All right. Well, what'd you think? That was a lot of fun. No worries about the dog barking in the background. And then I had to uh the editor or the not the editor, my um producer had to screw up a little bit with our sound effect board and get a dog barking just to kind of play. So don't edit your life if you can. And we talked a little bit about the car accident I was in and then how we thought maybe the world would be a little bit different with no shaking hands. And I'm on that kick lately, been talking, using that. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I want to share 
a couple numbers with you that I think are important. So if you have a pen and paper, grab it. I'll also put them in the show notes. First number is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-23, or excuse me, 273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The next number I want to share with you is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services line. That's 1-800-662-4357. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. I'm awful happy I did. I'm sure Josh is glad he got himself help. And if you're struggling with any kind of substance abuse or addiction, there is help for you. And if you're subs- and struggling any type of mental health needs, and these are uncertain times right now. There's a lot of people that are going to be struggling with mental health problems, maybe that you've never had this type of depression. Because what we're going through right now is almost kind of a mourning because it's very just uncertain times and it's upheavaled our daily lifestyles this pandemic has and we're going to get through it though we're going to get through it together because this is a common enemy that we're fighting you have to stay home you have to stay healthy and stay safe and do the social distancing just do what we need to do to keep ourselves safe so it doesn't become a hot spot in your city you're living in Here I am in New York, and New York is, we've got how many thousands and thousands and thousands of cases here in this uh, state of New York, and I'm about three, or excuse me, five, five and a half hours away from New York City, but it doesn't mean it's not going to be here. As As you heard me say the other day, it's, we've had confirmed cases in the city of Oswego, and the city of Oswego is only 18,000, so that puts it in perspective too, knowing how small my city is, knowing, wow, am I brushing up against somebody? So you always have to keep the social distancing and assume that everybody has it for now. You know, don't discriminate against anybody, not in that sense, but universal precautions for yourself. Just kind of act like everything's a hot spot that you touch. If you have to be a germaphobe for the next month, month and a half, do it. I don't know. I'm not looking forward to some changes. I do think there's going to be a change in those snot guards, those plastic snot guards that are on buffets and stuff. They're already starting to build those in stores at checkout counters and stuff. And so we're going to have that barrier, that plexiglass barrier in between us. And I think they're going to be here to stay. And that's going to be the new norm. And we're going to be like, remember when you didn't have these plexiglass screens in front of you making this barrier yeah i'm not looking forward to that but i think that might happen okay before we end the show i want to remind you that i still am running my giveaway over at wloap.com that's also how you can reach me to be a part of the show i only need 10 more subscribers to do the drawing so if you haven't subscribed to my website what are you waiting for You can win something worth over $50 worth of value. It's not just one prize. It's a bunch of prizes in a box. 
I'm all ready to ship it out. I just need to fill out who's going to be the lucky winner. It could be you. It's really easy. All you have to do is subscribe. No strings attached. You, you will get from subscribing. This is what subscribing entails. You will get an email Monday morning and Friday morning to let you know a new show is out. That's it. Other than that, I don't bother anybody. I don't email you with anything. I don't sell your email or nothing. So, yeah, the bomb has been planted. Think about it. Use that little brain or mental brain dart throughout the day and be like, oh, that's right. I haven't subscribed yet. He threw that little mental dart into my brain. I'm supposed to remember. Hopefully you do. So stick around for Friday's show. I'll be doing show Friday, obviously. And then also on uh, April 8th will be Radio Mylar with, oh, what a glorious morning. That is already recorded. And then April 15th will be Reesh from Medicine Remixed. Great podcast that I really enjoy. April 22nd will be with Eddie Green, Eddie Green's 101 already in the can and recorded. I had just been a guest on Eddie Green's 101. You can find Eddie Green's 101 podcast anywhere podcasts are found. And I was a guest on his podcast. And so his most recent episode that's out right now, I believe it's episode 49. I am his guest. And that's something I would appreciate if you check out. Eddie and I had so much fun. Eddie was a fun guy. And I also have... um April 29th, Andy Palmer, director Andy Palmer of Funhouse Massacre in Camp Colebrook is going to be a guest here on the show. I'm also having um, a recording with Kat O'Keefe, Nautilus award-winning author about dreams. She will be a guest on the show um, May 6th. And then I'm also recording with uh, Pedro Pena from My Stuttering Life. He has a great podcast and has overcome all kinds of obstacles in his life and has become a public speaker and everything, and it's pretty groovy. We're also going to be talking with Hugo Torres from Hugo's Posts. He's been a guest on the show before, and we're going to have him on again. And then I've also told you I'm going to be talking with my little brother, Stephen, about uh, our journey in rehab and overcoming addiction. So yeah, I've got a lot of stuff is on the burner and in the oven for We Live on a Planet, hopefully enough to keep you entertained for a little bit. If you have an interesting story and you want to be a part of the show, please reach out to me, WLOAP.com, leave me a voicemail or an email, or if you're using the Anchor app, you know how to do it. All right, my friends, tell a friend about We Live on a Planet and do your best today to stay curious and not judgmental the best you can. And try not to be normal either. All right, my friends. Peace.